Good morning, you guys. You may have a seat. Last week, Brandy preached on worship, and you might have been a little bit surprised that, that the co-director of worship for our church, when she had a chance to talk about worship, actually spoke very little about singing. Because worship is about a whole lot more than just singing. Worship is about our lifestyle. It's about our service and obedience to God. We don't really worship God if we sing songs, but then our lives aren't being changed to look more like Jesus. How many of you guys know that? Today is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do, and we're excited about it because here is what we're trying to do today. We're trying to create some room for God to do what he wants to do in us. A lot of times in church services, and and even in ours too, we'll talk about the problem, but then we won't talk about how to. And today we really want to change that. One of the biggest critiques that, that, that my wife has ever given me about preaching, it's the same critique she gives everyone about preaching. It's really simple. It's this. That was a really good message, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do about it. Today is going to be a practice of what we've been talking about for the last month. Our whole worship service is going to be different. So just sort of, if you're someone who's a little bit uncomfortable with change, we're a little bit okay with that. Okay? But we're not going to do anything to to push you to do something that feels unsafe to you. So whatever it is you need to experience today, we want God to just meet you in that place. During our elders weekend in January, it became very clear to us that God wants us to turn a little bit of a corner as we invite our community into more experiential worship. So instead of just speaking to you, just leading songs for you, we want to create moments where we give space for the Lord to do what he wants to do here in this place. So Steve and I talked in the last week, and we just knew that it would be a mistake for us to just end this section on heart and just move on to the next part of how to love God without having some real tangible ways to connect with God's heart. So we know this is different. For, For some of you, this might be a little bit strange. And like I mentioned just a moment ago, you can participate in the way that feels safe to you. I want you to know this too, that today you are free to move around as you need to. There won't be a disturbance. As a matter of fact, we have prayer ministers that are available throughout our gathering today, not just at the end of our gathering. So if something hits you in a moment and you just know that you need, you need prayer, if there's some people around you that, that, that you feel comfortable asking to pray for you because you've done that with them before, you can do that. If there's a prayer minister that you just know you need prayer from, then it's okay to go to that person as well. So feel free to move around 
a bit today. We believe that you're going to have moments in our gathering today where, where you just need something different than what you normally have. And not after everything is finished, but while it's happening. I want to invite you just briefly to look back to the first message of this series as we talked about our complete inability to love God with our own abilities. There's nothing that we can do to get ourselves to love God. Love is started by God and it's carried by God. And all we can do, what we get to do is reflect it. That's our job, to reflect his glory. But if you're like the rest of us, then you probably need a reminder of what God's love actually looks like. And we only look to scripture to find out what God's love looks like, right? There are a lot of definitions of love in our culture. We're not looking to our culture to show us what love is. We're only looking to the Father to show us what love is. So in these next few minutes, as you connect with this truth, I want to invite you to, to write in your reset journals if God speaks to you. You can sing more fully or just give thanks and ask God to help you be a vessel of his love to everybody around you this week. Your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that's what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we're God's children because they don't know him. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. And I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Because there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, and you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And this is my command. Love each other. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? 
If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse God whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our yeah. Lord. First John chapter four, verses nine through 11. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Psalm 86, one through 17. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God, have mercy on me, Lord. For I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord. For I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you, because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations that you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart 
that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O oh God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and graceful God. Slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you, just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Do you guys realize that the primary thing that blocks God's love from us is our choice to go a different direction? Only we can choose not to receive his love. Only we can choose to, to place our affections with other things, with other people. It's just us. So, so right now as we go into this second part, as we talk about the things, the idols that get in the way of God's love for us, we have to protect our hearts. Because just like Adam and Eve, we're vulnerable too. I don't know about you, but I remember the first time hearing about idols. I was new to the whole church world and I heard about idols and I heard about what the, the Israelites did and, and how they, they made golden calves and I, I thought I felt so good because I haven't done that before. I thought that sounds ridiculous. But we all take things and we put them in first place when they don't deserve it. We're all guilty of that. The question we want you to answer right now in this time, in this space, is what have you made your greatest treasure? What is it today? This isn't a question that you can say, well, I answered it once and it's done. The, the reality is life hits hard. And this week, I would guess that there are a whole bunch of us who were faced with situations and, and, and we ran to something. We ran to, to a thing, to a person, to a substance, to, to bad habits. We ran to the gym. We ran to a diet. We ran to a bad influence. Those are all just idols. Idols aren't all bad things. They're just not the best. And anything that gets in the way of your relationship with God is an idol. And he wants to deal with that. Not because he can't handle that you value other things, but he knows that real life only flows through you if you put him in first position in your life and in your heart. So what is it? Is it money? Is it a relationship? Is it a job? I love the questions that Steve posed in this sermon, and they were these. Who or what gets your best? Whose approval matters to you the most? Who or what do you run to when things get hard? And this is the hardest one. Who or what, if it was taken from you, would cause you to stop serving the Lord 
faithfully. I found myself when Steve asked that question, I was like, Lord, please don't take away the good things in my life because I haven't put you first. But the better statement would be, Lord, help me to put you first so that I don't put you in that position. So what are those things for you today that maybe you've put first? Let me be very clear about this. These questions are not meant to bring you shame. Because all of us, I think this week, could probably say we've done exactly this. We have put other things in the place that only belongs to the Lord. These questions aren't meant to bring shame. They're meant to deliver freedom. How many of you guys want to be free today? I want to be freer today when I leave here than I was when I came here. That's not enough claps for freedom. Listen, who wants to be free today? We all have things that, that wrap their tentacles around our hearts. God wants to free us today, and I believe he's going to free people today in this space, in this moment. 1 John 1, 9 it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's a good deal right there for us. Here's another one. Some of you guys look tired when you came in today. And it's not just because we, we sprung forward. I like to, actually, it feels like more of a limp forward. How many of you guys were up picking up your kid at 4 a.m.? Just me? Okay, I'm tired too, but guess what? I'm more excited to be here than I am tired. If you need to be refreshed, turn to Acts 3.19. Acts 3.19, I love this. It says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Here's the best part. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. We've got everybody in America that needs this, except maybe a few weird people in Arizona who don't do, who don't spring forward. In the next few minutes, we just want you to center your heart on the Lord. To get rid of idols, it's about focusing less on idols, and it's about focusing more on Him. Amen? Bring all of you to receive all that He has for you. Some of you may want to sit and just reflect quietly on what you sense God is speaking to you. Write in your journal. It's okay. That's what it's for. Some of you may want to gather with a few others in this place. Maybe there's someone that you just, you just want to pray with. It's okay to get up and do that. Some of you might want to come up and pray with prayer ministers and just receive that refreshing that comes with repenting of your sin. Remember, this is not about shame. This is about freedom. So either way, let's give it all to the Lord today. Can we do that? My name is Ben Brooks, and I'm one of the pastor elders at the Edge Church. And as I was praying for you guys this week, I asked Holy Spirit, what would you like me to say this morning? And I felt like he said, tell them about the seasons that they're in. So I asked a lot of questions and I spent a lot of time listening and just being with him. And I would love to share that with you. So during this time, I'm going to
go through four seasons. And I would love for you just to close your eyes, just relax, remove all the distractions, just so you can tune in, listen to his voice, reveal the primary season that you're in. Now, if a season's not tugging on your heart or your spirit, that's okay. Listen close, because someone around you or near you might be in that season. And that might be what you're, they're going through, so you can minister to them. So just pay attention, just relax, enjoy. Holy Spirit, speak through me to my family. Yeah, let them hear your voice, God. Let them hear your voice. Papa, thank you. Even beyond the words, have a whole nother conversation beyond what they're hearing, God. Yeah, move on their hearts. Let, reveal the primary season that they're in so they can walk in more confidence with you and who you are and what you have for them to be in. We love you, Papa, Holy Spirit. And move, grace, grace, grace. Thank you, Jesus. Winter. If you're in a winter season, it may seem uncomfortable, cold, even distant. But don't let winter fool you. There is life there, even hope. You're in a season of preparation. I feel like Holy Spirit is awakening things in you right now. Sometimes it can be hard because there's little evidence or change, but trust that God is moving in your life no matter what it looks like. I sense that you need to know that he is here right now with you. He sees you and what you're going through. For in the hiddenness, there's an invitation for deep relationship and revelation. Can you imagine trees in the winter? Do you think that they worry if they'll bloom again? No, they have a hope of a coming spring, and so do you. But don't miss out on the benefits of winter by longing for spring. I feel like Holy Spirit is saying, this isn't the end. It's the beginning of what's next for you. Spring is coming. So be, relax into him. Lean back in the stillness and quiet and peace of winter. You have permission to slow down and rest. Hold on to your promises and prophecies. Pick up hope and joy for what's next. Now is the time to worship and dance. May the songs on your heart usher in your next spring. It's time to be. Spring. I sense such an excitement for what's happening now or is coming for you. It's a season of release and breakthrough. I feel like Papa wants to elevate your confidence in him and in yourself. To believe you can. Things are opening up like doors and windows in the spring. 
opportunity and new growth are evident, even accelerating. So for you, now is the time to plant the seeds of dreams and imagine what can be. Know that more is always on the agenda with him. You might have questions and even face challenges, but don't worry. That means you get to uncover the answers with him. Spring is also a time of breakthrough with hard situations and difficult people. Like a plant bursting through the ground. I feel like you need to hear this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Breakthrough is coming for you. For where the challenge is, there is growth. You have permission to dream and imagine again, to believe. Let wonder capture you. Be filled with wisdom and overflowing with excitement. Now is the time for you to see. Summer. What was once new is now rooted and grounded. I sense such a release of greater levels of freedom for you. The rhythms and cadence of your life have shifted, yet there is a refreshment in the change. It's time to play, to belly laugh and find enjoyment in your everyday. It's a season to lose track of time with him and others, to linger a little longer. I feel like Holy Spirit is saying, give yourself permission to let go and have fun. It's also time to risk and to get out there, to take him at his word and go for it, to see and experience him. I see a release of permission to be courageous, to reach for the sky and believe that you could touch it. It's time to go after the impossible even more. I feel like Holy Spirit is saying, he is deepening the roots in you even as you play. And if a storm comes, what used to move you no longer will as you partner with him. For it will be his peace through you that pushes away stress and pressure. Allow yourself the freedom to smile, to laugh till you cry. It's time to experience everything that you've been learning with him. You have permission to risk, to step out, to get off the porch and into the yard. Yeah, and if you feel fear, it's okay. Let the fire of his love melt away that fear. Let courage arise. It's time for you to soar. fall. The wheat fields of your life are turning to gold. Harvest is near. I sense the finish line. There will be a moment coming when you feel like you can finally <sighs> exhale and breathe. Finish strong. Don't give up. This season, this season right now has the greatest joy when you cross the finish line. Yet there's a lot of work to do, and busy might be an understatement. 
for it's the harvest and to complete the work before you. More than any other time, you need the practical support of family and community in your life. I feel like Holy Spirit is releasing energy and strength into your bones. He's multiplying simple things like sleep and dreaming. I feel he wants to be a shield around your joy in this season. Over and over, I hear the song echoing in my head. Something always changes when I bless your name. Something always changes when I bless your name. The sun gets brighter. My soul gets lighter. Something always changes when I bless your name. Let your worship lift the weights off of your shoulders and into his hands. I feel like you need to know that you're not alone. He is with you, and so are we. And when you finish and head towards winter to rest, give, receive, and impart what you've learned. You have permission to ask for help. It's time for others to surround you and lift you up. And as you draw near to the finish line, fix your eyes on him. Let an anthem of praise carry you across the finish line. And when the moment comes, breathe, exhale, rest. It's time for you to run strong. Everything we've done today is worship. But we want to give you <clears throat> a final chance today to bring everything you have to the Lord, any unfinished business that you have. This is the final 10%. You know when you have those hard conversations with people and you leave and you just know that you left a little bit unsaid? Just that little bit unsaid is the part where change happens. In these next moments, whatever it is that God has been doing in your heart and your life, we ask you to go back and have that final 10% with him. Maybe it's that you honor him with your words, but you know that your life hasn't lined up the way it's supposed to. Maybe you have a broken relationship and you know that it's on you to go and have that conversation. Maybe you know it's that God is, has been asking you to do something in obedience to him and, and you've just said no to this point, but you just know today that is your step. It's a step of obedience and you're going to say yes to him today. Maybe you know that there's someone here that's going through a hard time and you have something to encourage them with from the Lord. Do not hold back this final 10% today put it all out there 
and watch with amazement what he will do. Watch what he'll accomplish in our final moments together today. I don't know about you guys, but these last handful of weeks that we've received communion together, to me it's been, each week has just been an amazingly touching experience for me. And that's kind of strange because my history before coming to the edge was being a part of churches that did communion every single week. And I I have no issue with that. It was a beautiful thing, but it's a whole lot harder to remember how important and how sacred something is when you get used to it. But this week, we're going to to do it again. And, And this, I just want you to look at as a celebration of what God has done today. Because it's sort of like a good workout. When you get to the end of it, you're really tired. You know you're going to be sore. But you know that you've done some good work and there's going to be some good things that come from it. And I am convinced that what God has done today, you're going to see the fruit of it down the road. Right? He is real. He is able. He heals. He restores. He does all of the things that he says he's going to do. And it starts with surrendered hearts. And that's what we've done today. So we're going to celebrate the the original reset. And that is the sacrifice that Jesus made for us.